All right, Numbers chapter 8. The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron, and say unto him, When thou lightest the lamps, the seven lamps shall give light over against the candlestick. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, first of all, as we look at the word of God, the first thing that we have to pay attention to is this fact of Moses being the one who is speaking to Aaron, who is the high priest. Amen. Moses being the prophet of God, he's the type of Christ. And Aaron is um, the chief priest, the number one man of God that's going to make sure that the people of God can have their sins atoned and to make sure that the ministry is being accomplished. Moses is receiving the word of God direct from the mouth of God. As you can see, we see he's talking about capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That is Jehovah God. Amen. Yahweh speaking directly to Moses, telling Moses how he wants to have the priesthood established. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you remember in the Bible, you know, when Jesus came and he established the church, he put in position, amen, 12 apostles, 70 disciples, and then a multitude and a host of individuals who would carry out the word of God. There was order and structure when delivering the word of God. Amen. And Moses is that man of God who over, oversees, and Moses is the one who guides, amen, hallelujah, and who leads everything in the name of Jesus. Moses is the one in Jesus' mighty name that God has used to bring the children of Israel out of bondage, and God has a vision for the church. And that vision is that there will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Amen. God told Moses, he says, I, he says, if you, if you will hearken diligently unto my word, I will make you a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. And that is the vision that God has for the church. Amen. That is the same vision that God had for Israel, but Israel did not perform it according to God's will in Jesus' name. Israel did not do it. And so when Jesus came and he laid the foundation, that is the vision that he has for the church, that we will be a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation, a kingdom of priests in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. A kingdom of priests. And so Aaron did not receive this word by himself. Aaron received this word from God. Aaron received this word from Moses, the man of God. Moses being the type of Christ, being a prophet, being a type of priest and ruler. But a branch, an offshoot from the anointing that is upon Moses, God has ordained Aaron to carry out all of the administration that is required and to offer up 
atonement, offer up sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. And brothers and sisters, let's make no mistake about it. That is the reason that you and me are here. And I believe that the Lord has spoken to me a second time about uh, uh, Numbers chapter 8 because he wants us to be aware this is what he desires. He desires that we have a vision, not necessarily to be ministered to, but that we have a vision to minister. But we have to appropriately do our ministry. We have to appropriately carry out the work of the ministry. God wants us to have a vision of doing it. How do we go about doing it? God tells, he tells Moses, speak to Aaron, have a conversation. Tell him how I want him to light the lamps. Amen. Now, what's so significant about Aaron lighting these lamps? What's so significant about Aaron lighting these lamps? Is What's so significant about it is that Aaron is supposed to bring light to the camp. Amen. If you look in the word of God, you will find out that these lights gave light to the tabernacle. These lights gave light to Israel. They didn't have lights like we do. There was no lighting system. And so whenever they would see the lights, it would bring illumination in the midst of the dark. Amen. It would bring, it would bring light in the midst of a place where otherwise there would be no light. Amen. And if you think, if you think about it, inside of that tabernacle is a tent. And that tent would be dark on the inside of that tent. And they would need to have light in order to do the ministry, in order to conduct all of the necessary rites that they would need to accomplish for God. It all starts with the light. And God says, speak to Aaron, say to him, when you light the lamps, the seven lamps shall give light over against the candlestick. The seven lamps. God is saying to Aaron, I want you to light all seven lamps of the candlestick. Now, this is a spiritual thing. It's a natural thing. It's a whole lot of different things blended into one. But if you, if you read the book of Revelation, chapter number one, and if you search in the book of Zechariah, you will find that God has always been talking about these lamps. And the lamps are the churches. Amen. The Bible tells us that these lamps, are they signify the light of the churches. Revelation chapter 1, Jesus is, is the one walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Praise God. He walks in the midst of these seven golden candlesticks. And what does he do? He lights these golden candlesticks. Not after the order of Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek. 
Jesus lights these candles. Praise the Lord. He lights the churches. Amen. And often throughout the scripture, the Bible tells us, brothers and sisters, that if the churches don't do the will of God, he said, I will blow out your light. I will, I will remove your light and I will remove the, the light, I will remove the candlestick out of its place unless you repent. Amen. And so, it's very important that Aaron understand his role as he signifies the, the movement and the operation of the Holy Spirit in the church. That light represents the Holy Spirit of God. Aaron represents, once again, Jesus Christ walking in the midst of the churches, lighting the candlesticks. For what purpose? Bringing light to the dark world. Even right now, we are in the midst of a very dark world. Amen. But God is in the business of appointing candlesticks. Churches, light bearers. And Jesus takes it even further for us. He tells us, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So we see, we see two major roles here. We see the role of this prophet, Moses. The prophet Moses brings the word of God to Aaron, who is the actual administrator of, the, of lighting these candlesticks. And he tells Aaron, you need to be in position because God wants to use you to light the churches. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord, the, the Lord said to me, tell my people to read Numbers chapter 8, to learn it, to study it. So we're, we're doing just that. Hallelujah. And I make sure you, that we understand what God is saying to us. Aaron takes the role and he is going to be responsible for lighting those seven candlesticks, which is a signification or a type of what happens in the church of Jesus Christ. God has already told us that there's going to be dark in this hour, darkness in this hour. But he told us also that we would be the lights of the world. And we need to be in position, amen, to let our light shine according to the glory of God. And the Bible says, and Aaron did so. He lighted the lamps thereof over against the candlestick as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, not only was Aaron supposed to do this physical lighting, but Aaron also represents what it would require for us to have light operating through us in the name of Jesus. God says he wants his people to light the world. So not only are we to be a light, 
but we are to help people to get to a place where they are administering their life. Amen. Not only are we supposed to show people the right way of God and the righteousness of God and the right ways of doing things and doing things and and to transmit the Holy Spirit out there in the world which we are doing but he also wants us to raise up candlesticks operations churches across the globe now these seven golden candlesticks the Lord Jesus Christ reveals to us in the book of Revelation chapter 1 that they are the seven churches of the seven um, continents around the world. Amen. Not the seven continents, but the seven, the seven churches around the world. Amen. The Bible says that there are seven churches throughout Asia. And these seven churches and around the world, these seven churches are the illumination of God's spirit in the midst of a dark world, Jesus. And God has put his illumination everywhere. And so what is he saying to Aaron? Aaron, what you are doing is symbolic of what God is going to do around the world when Jesus Christ comes in the flesh. He is going to light the world through his churches that he's sending out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. You see, God has given us wisdom through his word, and he's given us a little bit of a vision of his plan. Jesus. And he wants to have this church global. He spoke to me the other day and he said, I want to use your gifts internationally, globally. If you look at the seven continents, you see it's Asia, Africa, Europe, North America, South America, Antarctica, Australia. If you look at the seven candlesticks, you see that these seven candlesticks symbolize the seven churches. Amen. Around the world that God is going to have a remnant. God is going to have a people everywhere. Jesus is the one who lights the world. And Jesus is using you and I right now to impact people on a global scale. Hallelujah. Why? Because he wants the anointing to get out. And there's a system and there's a, there's a way by which that has to operate. Amen. And we'll, we'll cover that. We'll cover that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So Aaron did it. It's all symbolic of what Aaron is doing. And the Bible says, And this work of the candlestick was of beaten gold. Gold, if you don't know, it symbolizes the Holy Ghost. It symbolizes the divinity of God, the supernatural divinity of God. There's a divine nature, according to the book of 2 Peter. Amen. That we are partakers of the divine nature of God. We are partakers of the divine nature of God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And as partakers of the divine nature, that's in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. As partakers in that divine nature, you and I, brothers and sisters, we are to transmit that light. That light is transmitted through the divine nature. If you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then you have the divine nature in you. You have the divine nature. Amen. That is God's nature, his supernatural nature. Hallelujah. You can feel that power. You can feel that anointing. You can experience that illumination, the light of the spirit. He said that it's the work of the candlestick is of gold, a golden candlestick that is putting off light. Totally covered from the shaft unto the flowers thereof. The Bible says was of beaten work. Amen. Hallelujah. According unto the pattern which the Lord had showed Moses, so he made the candlestick. He made the candlestick. This is letting us know, brothers and sisters, that every candlestick has to be of a divine nature. Every church, every church order has to be of a divine nature. If it's going to be able to do the supernatural work that which God has called it to do, it has to have the divine nature. Hallelujah. Amen. It has to be coated with supernatural golden oil, and it has to have the illumination of the Spirit of God. That's why Jesus tells us in the book of Luke to tarry until you receive power before you go out to do the work. And he says to wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And so you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. What is he saying? Before I send you out as my witnesses into the dark world, I want to make sure you have the Holy Spirit inside of you because you will need a divine nature. You cannot be changed if you have the divine nature. Gold cannot be corrupted. Gold cannot be destroyed. You can burn gold and gold will just become more and more pure. It'll become more and more purified. Hallelujah. You can burn it down to its weakest element. And then when it comes out, it'll still be gold. Praise God. And that's the, the nature of, of one that is uh, of a divine nature, full of the Holy Ghost. You can burn them down to the, to the core, but they'll still come up and come out like gold. And this is what God needs his churches to be like. This is what God is calling for us to send out the message throughout the globe to convert the world he wants it to be of a divine nature. That's why he's saying, tell my people to get ready. They need the divine nature. And God's going to transmit that nature through those who are truly filled with the baptism of the power of, of God. Hallelujah. That's the divine nature. It's indestructible. Praise God. The church is indestructible. It gives off a light, an illumination, 
God Almighty, amen, uses the order of the priesthood. He uses his priests, which is which are symbols of um, the angels of the church, according to the Revelation. They, they are the angels of the churches. Amen. Aaron and his sons represent that. Hallelujah. As the seven, the Bible talks about the seven stars are in the, in the hand of Jesus in his right hand. And he walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. They symbolize Aaron. They symbolize Aaron and his sons symbolize the seven stars or the seven angels. Amen. That oversee the seven continents for God and God's purpose. Hallelujah. Amen. And we have an active role. We have an active role in that. Amen. Hallelujah. We have an active role in it. Praise God. Jesus. And our role is to go forth and to see to it that we are bringing forth the light to the churches. Amen. Praise God. And in verse 5, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the Levites from among the children of Israel and cleanse them. Now, why does God want these Levites to be cleansed? Amen. And where do these Levites come from? These Levites come from the tribe of Levi. Amen. And God has consecrated them for the service of Israel. And they are going to go out and they are going to serve the Lord in place of the firstborn of the children of Israel. The firstborn of Israel was dedicated to God. They were all required to do service to God. But in order for God to take the burden off of the, off of the families so that everything would be done in order and correctly, God sanctified the Levites so that they could also help in the work of ministry. Hallelujah. But God is making it very clear that if he's going to call some people to come to do the work, they have to be clean. Amen. They have to be clean. Amen. And the focus that God is, is wanting us to understand is that he wants to use you. Listen to the word of God. No matter where you are, no matter where you have come from, God wants to use you. No matter your background, he wants to put you to work to his service, but we have to be sanctified and we have to be cleansed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We have to cleanse ourselves, amen, from unrighteousness. These Levites, they came to the service of God and they were ready, but they were not cleansed yet. Amen. They were not, their minds were not cleansed probably. Amen. Their flesh was not cleansed. They were not consecrated yet. But yet God wanted to use some people. Amen. And many of you that right now God is calling and you're willing, you're ready. And the Lord wants to take you through a, a cleansing process so that he can make you ready for the service of the Lord, ready for the service and for the work of the Lord. Amen. And that is God's, that is a part of his plan. When people come into ministry, when they come to the body of Christ, 
the Lord is telling us, amen, hallelujah, that we have to show them how to be clean, that they can't live the way that they used to live and still be used of God. They can't live a life of sin and still be used of God. Amen. They can't drink alcohol and still be used of God. Can't smoke cigarettes, still be used of God. Can't lie and steal and be used of God. Amen. But they have to clean, cleanse themselves so that they can be used of God. Can't watch whatever they want to watch on television and still be used of God. But we have to clean up our lives in Jesus' name so that you can be used by God. Clean up your spirit. Clean up, amen, your old habits and separate yourself from those old habits. You can't be in fornication and be used of God. Hallelujah. You can't operate in sexual immorality and be used of God or indulge in those things on uh, television and be used of God. But you have to clean up your life so that you can be used. Hallelujah. Because you're going into a divine place where there is light and where there is a divine nature. Amen. And you are working in the midst of the church. You are doing God's work in the midst of the church. And so you have to clean up your life. Hallelujah. Every Christian, every believer has to clean up their life. Sanctify yourself. God says, take these Levites from among the children of Israel. Find them. Go find my children that are in all these different denomination groups. Bring them out. Bring them forth and sanctify them. Show them my pattern. Show them my way on how they are to live. They can come from Baptists. They can come from Pentecostal. They can come from Presbyterian. They can come from Catholic. They can come from everywhere. But they got to be clean. They got to be baptized. They got to be changed. You see, the Bible says here, and thus shalt thou do unto them to cleanse them. Sprinkle water of purifying upon them and let them shave all their flesh and let them wash their clothes and so make themselves clean. In other words, get rid of all the old, bring in the new. This is a type of baptism. If you're going to be used of God, you got to be willing to be baptized in his name. You got to be willing to let the old man die out. Amen. And then you got to be willing to clean your clothes on a daily basis to live a clean life. Amen. If you want to be used of God, you got to be you got to be willing to you got to be willing to clean up your life and clean up yourself. Separate yourself from things that defile you, that hinder you from walking in righteousness. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Then it says, then let them take a young bullock with his meat offering, even fine flour mingled with oil, and another young bullock shalt thou take for a sin offering. 
And thou shalt bring the Levites before the tabernacle of the congregation. And thou shalt gather the whole assembly of the children of Israel together. What is he saying? They need a lamb sacrifice. They need a lamb sacrifice. Who is that lamb? That's Jesus. When they get the sprinkling, it's got to be done in Jesus. It's got to be done in his name. It's got to be done in his blood. Amen. It's got to be done according to God's plan. Hallelujah. And what did he say? Bring all the Levites before the tabernacle and gather the assembly. This is a type of baptism. Whenever they were baptized in the New Testament, it was always in front of people. So that people could know that your life has been separated, that your life has been sanctified to God. Amen. Hallelujah. God takes this work of ministry very seriously. Amen. He takes it very seriously. And he wants us to take it seriously. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, And thou shalt bring the Levite before the Lord, and the children of Israel shall put their hands upon the Levites. Amen. That's, that's prayer. Laying on of hands. To receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To receive the power of God. This is, um, this is the system by which God sends out people who are consecrated and anointed for the work and for the service. Hallelujah. Amen. And the, the, the most important thing is that God wants to use every single person that's willing to separate themselves for the work of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 